This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including The Decisive Battles of World History. For this limited time 80% offer, please go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. This is the Weekly Standard Casual for the January 19th, 2015 issue entitled That's a Nickel, by Joseph Epstein, read by Philip Terzian. I once appeared on a panel at the National Endowment for the Humanities with two women who talked about the importance of their secondary education. One was German and spoke reverently of the gymnasium she was fortunate enough to attend. The other, an American, spent her adolescence in France and mentioned her deep debt to the lycée that gave her so sound a grounding in the classics. When my turn came, I remarked how I envied them, and allowed that I had myself gone to a public high school in Chicago, notable for its disadvantaged teachers. I remember older women teaching in house slippers, a red-faced biology teacher who put the more bosomy girls in the front row, wrote out the pages of the textbook we were to read and which exercises at the end of the chapter to do, and promptly nodded off. Gym coaches reeking of nicotine who did scarcely any coaching whatsoever. They represented the rich fruits of tenure in a public school system. One teacher I do remember fondly was Dr. Brantz, a German emigre who taught a course called Commercial Law. He must have been a refugee from Hitler with a Doctor of Laws degree. By the time he arrived in this country, I assume, he was too old to practice law and so had to fall back on teaching the barbarian young of my high school. I cannot recall a single thing he taught. What I do remember is his instituting a system of fines for our misbehavior. If he caught any of us talking or nodding off or chewing gum or not having read the day's assignment, he would say in a sing-song, heavily Teutonic accent, that's a nickel. He used the nickels to pay for a picnic at the end of the term. That's a nickel is a refrain much heard over the past month or so, Shay Epstein. My wife and I, two not always successful coueus, Emile Couet being the French psychologist who said, every day in every way I am getting better and better, have set out on another of our self-improvement programs. We are trying to eliminate the word yeah from our speech. Each time one of us fails, we pay a nickel fine dropped into a large tin coffee mug and announce, that's a nickel. A modest enough program, trying to eliminate a single word from one's speech, or so one might think, and yet our success has been less than spectacular. I'd estimate that we currently have more than $15 in our cup, or in the good Yiddish word pushka, and that's a lot of yes. When first we set out, the nickels were flying. We're now down to lapsing into errors seldom as one or two times a day. Few are the days when neither of us gets off without making a contribution or two to the pushka. Later in the evenings, our guards lowered by fatigue, our lapses tend to be more frequent. When the pushka is full, perhaps we'll treat ourselves to a bottle of champagne. 
One of the things this little campaign of self-improvement reveals is how often the word yeah comes up in the talk of others and in the dialogue of movies and on television. The English now use it quite as much as we gringos do, though I haven't yet noted any yeahs on Masterpiece Theatre. Imagine how much the Beatles would have been fine for their song, She Loves You, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. The singer Joe Nichols has a full song called Yeah, which is about the affirmation a man feels for a beautiful woman, like Yeah. A small enough improvement, this attempt to eliminate a single slurry word from my speech, yet I would nonetheless like to achieve it. Some years ago I gave up, with reasonable if not complete success, profanity, which was threatening to take over my speech. I still require a certain amount of profanity for my thoughts. I long ago eliminated psychobabble from my vocabulary. I attempt to speak in full and grammatical sentences, not to mix metaphors, to divest myself of clichés, even to eliminate split infinitives. So with all this grooming of my speech, yeah, I feel also has got to go. Yeah is, of course, a synonym for yes. In German and Dutch, ja, much closer to yeah than to yes, is standard. Is yeah the more natural word? Is the synonym more sensible than the original? In some idiomatic phrases, yeah seems irreplaceable. Yeah, right, sure, you believe that, you'll believe anything is much better than yes, right, sure. So is yeah, go for it, better than yes, go for it. For my own touchdown dance, followed by three vigorous fist pumps, I find only a concluding yeah will do. Sometimes you just have to spend the nickel.